All right. And welcome to this special series of Real Estate Fight Club. This series is called What Would You Do? And it airs on every Wednesday. Now we also, Rachel, we're on Clubhouse also on Thursdays. We are. We are. And we're talking about it even more on Clubhouse with everybody else, which is super fun. Exactly. So that'll be noon Eastern on Thursdays. So in these series, we discuss ethics and professional standards, committee cases, or different scenarios. And joining us today is Rachel Real from Rachel Real Real Estate. How are you doing? Good morning, Jen. How are you? Fabulous. No, you got a good one for us today. This is kind of good. Yeah, I kind of like this one. All right. It's a little it's a little different. So it's a little more outside of the scope of what we would normally see. Uh-huh. But I think it speaks to what we are responsible for as agents when we're representing buyers. Okay. So, so yeah, so how it works is she'll Rachel will read the article. Um, we'll read the case study. We'll talk about it and then we'll see if, uh, we are right. See what, yes. what we think we should have done. <laughs> right. And we'll talk about it before we'll, we'll have a discussion about it before we, before we read through what the hearing panel decided. Exactly. All right. All right. So this one falls under article two, which states realtors shall avoid exaggeration, misrepresentation, or concealment of pertinent facts relating to the property or the transaction. That's no fun. Right. Well, of course not. (laughs) Realtors shall not, however, be obligated to discover latent defects in the property, to advise on matters outside the scope of their real estate's license, or to disclose facts which are confidential under the scope of agency or non-agency relationships as defined by state law. Okay. So that's the article that we're going to talk about or what this case study falls underneath. So this particular one talks about the obligation to determine pertinent facts to a transaction. So if you're representing a buyer what are you obligated to, to know or discover or find out on behalf of your client when they're asking you questions about a particular property that they might be considering? I want to remind people if they want to read the case, um, we've uploaded it and you can find it at jennifermertland.com slash vault. Yes. So that'll have the article that we're talking about, the case study itself and the episode uh, date so that you guys can find it easily. Perfect. <clears throat> Okay, so this this case here was, uh, rev- let's see, it was from 1994. But again, this is super pertinent because I'm, I'm going through kind of a similar scenario with a client right now. Okay. So Realtor A, a home builder, showed one of his newly constructed houses to buyer B. In discussion, the buyer observed that some kind of construction was beginning nearby. He asked Realtor A what it was. I really don't know, said Realtor A, but I believe it's the attractive new shopping center that has been planned for this area. Following the purchase, Buyer B learned that the new construction was to be a bottling plant and that the adjacent area was zoned industrial. Oh. Yeah, wah, wah. Charging that the proximity of the bottling plant would have caused him to reject the purchase of this home, Buyer B filed a complaint with a board of realtors charging Realtor A with unethical conduct for failing to disclose a pertinent fact. The grievance committee referred the complaint for a hearing before a hearing panel of the Professional Standards Committee. During the hearing, Realtor A's defense <clears throat> was that he had been he had given an honest answer to Buyer B's question. At the time, he had no positive knowledge about the new construction. He knew that other developers were planning an extensive shopping center in the general area and had simply ventured a guess. He pointed out, as indicated in Buyer B's testimony, that he had prefaced his response by saying he didn't know the answer to the question. What do you think about that? Do you think he's doing his client a disservice by simply throwing out an I don't know and, and venturing a maybe I think it's he should be have this. I heard about it. At, I don't know. Yeah. 
because yeah. when you have a guess and it, it, the client will assume it's an educated guess. And even if you're like, you know, that like a sh- whatever is going in there, if you don't know that that's the actual site, then I think you have to just say, I don't know. Now, do I think it's a, uh, uh, what was the words exaggeration, misrepresentation, or concealment of pertinent facts? Right. I don't so think so. The way the, no. the way the article reads is they shall avoid exaggeration. So I don't think there was exaggeration. Well, he said an attractive new. I mean, right. Although the attractive new <laughs> new new strip mall was not even the what was going there anyway. <laughs> right. So attractive or not, that was wrong. Right. Um, misrepresentation. I, and I would, I would waffle on that one a little bit and the concealment of pertinent facts. I don't think so because he didn't, the, it didn't say that the buyer was like, well, if it was that pertinent that they wouldn't purchase it, then it should have been checked. Okay. Now in this particular scenario, realtor A was the home builder and showed one of his houses to buyer B. Oh, so so that means, so, so realtor A was really the listing agent for and all intents builder. and purposes and the builder and so realtor B in this scenario. And I don't know that in this scenario, real, the, the buyer had their own designated agent. Right. It doesn't sound like it. And like, it doesn't sound like it. they're dual. It's just that. Right. It's, it's kind of your typical home builder situation where the builders represent themselves. Somebody goes into a model home, you know, thing and they're unrepresented. Then Do I don't you, really think he's in violation. Do you think, how do you, would you feel differently if this was his own buyer's agent? If it was his own buyer, if he had his own buyer's agent, then I might feel differently. Yes. Okay. And why would you feel differently that way? Because I think that as the buyer's agent, if like the client is asking a question, you want to know, like, does that change anything knowing the answer? And so I think as agents, we need to ask additional questions because they're asking a question for a reason. Sometimes they're not. So we need to know, are you asking for a reason or are you just asking because you just feel like talking? (laughs) Right. And now do you, would would you, in this particular scenario, if this, if, if, if you're the buyer's agent, (laughs) (laughs) if you're the buyer's agent and you are asking and your, your buyer is asking you specific questions and you don't know, what is your answer? I don't know. And then do you follow that up with anything? Well, I say, I don't know. And then I ask like, is that critical to your decision of buying this house? Cause most okay. of the time it's not, most of the time they're just asking, but then if they would say yes, and I said, well, you should find out. Now, would, would you, do you think that in your, in that particular scenario, if this was something important, so in this particular case, it's a vacant piece of property with questionable zoning, I would call that a pretty pertinent detail. If I was looking for a house, I would probably want to know what's next to me or, you know, what's, what's being Maybe, built there. But everybody's different, right? Right, right. But if they're asking again, they're probably asking for a reason. Um, would you feel as your, as the buyer's agent, that it would be part of your job or part of your responsibility as their fiduciary to, to investigate that a little bit for them, get that answer. If you don't know, they're asking you, you're their, you're their fiduciary. Do you I think feel this that- is like a difficult thing because I think they also need to find out together. I don't think okay. all the onus should be on me as their agent. Cause this is not, I have nothing to do with this construction. I do not know. I don't, it can change. It can do, I mean, who knows? Right. So right. Like, let's maybe find out together. Here's who I think that you should call and see if they okay. can answer. 
Okay. So you would maybe give them, you would maybe give them the resources and the direction to be able to find that information out. Yeah, because would you ever just leave all it? their questions? Like, I don't know all their questions that they have. Right, they may, right. One question may roll into several others, at which point right. it, it's almost more direct just to make that phone call themselves. Or do would like you, a one-way call, which I've done right. before many times too. It's like, okay, they don't necessarily know what questions to ask, but I know what their problem is. Like, I know right. what they really want to know and maybe I can ask better questions. So it's like, okay, exactly. let's get on the three-way call. So you're hearing it too. And I'm not relaying anything. And so that if you have questions, you can ask. No. And I think that's a great, I think that's a great position to take too, because again, we're as the professionals, we're the ones that have a little more knowledge and whether or not, you know, something specific about this particular zoning or, or this particular right. scenario, you have the knowledge to know who maybe to call, what department's going to get you the best answer just a little more information, more heightened bar and knowledge than the general public. But does. you remember the one that we did um, where it was like the bus stop? Yes. Okay. Yes. So like that to me, that one in that one, it was like the bus stop was right outside the house or whatever, but then right. the bus yes. stop moved like a mile down the road. And right. in that case, it felt like that information was pertinent because of the situation of the buyer had the right. disability and needed the yes. stop close by. And we right. like, to me, like the moving of that stop was not necessarily, that seemed pertinent, but here, right. I don't think it's always pertinent of who your neighbors are because so many, like right now I live next to a bar. It doesn't bother right. me, but it bothers other people. So right, right. Being, and there's no disability that I have where that, comes into play. Right. Right. Okay. Do you see what, I mean, so I don't know, maybe like, what is the definition of pertinent is where we need the definition of pertinent from a, and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit with our, when I, when we talked with Saul, you know, a short time ago on another, on another episode talking about a pertinent fact being something that would be relative to the property, right. That, that may affect whether or not a reasonable buyer would or would not move forward on a particular person. But I don't think construction down the road is, I don't know if that's pertinent. Maybe it is. Right. I think it's pertinent. If, if it's pertinent to the buyer, it's pertinent to the transaction. That would be, I agree. That's, that's kind of right. Ask additional that. questions. So like right. if this, if your client buyer or seller is asking a question, you've got to figure out what is caught. They will ask a question that sounds logical to them. Right. Based on their information. So what is causing them to ask that question? And then you could ask a question back and try to figure out why are they asking that? Right. Dig a little deeper into, okay, why is this a concern for you? Is it, is it the extra traffic of the shopping center? Is is it it a concern for you? Right. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe they're just asking out of curiosity. Yeah. Maybe they're not, you know, yeah. Like if I, if I'm looking at a piece of property, right. If I'm looking at a single family home and there's an apartment building behind me, do I care more or less than the next person? I might, I might not, but that's going to be a very personal thing. You know, if you're it backing up to the backside of a, if you're, if you're backing up to the backside of a strip mall, chances are that's not going to change. It's still going to be zoned commercial. But to me personally, I look at that as I don't have any neighbors peering in my windows and, and right. complaining about my parties that I might have. Right. Whereas somebody else might say, well, well I don't want to. What's wanna... your party, Rachel? <laughs> Where somebody else might say, hey, I, I don't want to deal with the sound of a, uh, you know, a forklift at Ace Hardware at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. So the article says, similar. what does it say about pertinent? So realtors shall avoid exaggeration, misrepresentation, 
or concealment of pertinent facts relating to the property or the transaction. They're not obligated to discover, they're not obligated to discover latent defects, which means they don't have to go digging, but they can't conceal pertinent facts. So then it's like, okay, did this realtor, even though we didn't have a fiduciary responsibility because it wasn't his client, but it was a customer, right? And you are owed customers' honesty. Were they intentionally concealing a potential latent fact? A pertinent fact. Yeah, right. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to know what the hearing panel decided? Or what's what's your final thought here? Yes or no violation or no violation? I say no. Okay. What do you think? I say I say yes, and that's before I read the rest of it. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> so in, in closing, the hearing panel concluded that buyer B's question had related to a pertinent fact, that Realtor A's competence required that Realtor A know the answer, or if he didn't know the answer, should not have ventured a guess, but should have made a commitment to get the answer. The hearing panel also noted that although Realtor A had prefaced his response with, I don't know, he had nonetheless proceeded to respond and buyer B was justified in relying on his response. Wow. Therefore, realtor A was found to have violated article two. I mean, and that's what we kind of discussed too. It's like, if you would have stopped at, I don't know, period. Right. No problem. But the fact that he had a guess and he's seen as a, it would have been seen as an educated guess. I can see where they, where they concluded this. Yes. Yes. And I mean, how do you feel about the, the, the hearing panel's answer that he should have made a commitment to get the answer? No. Would that, would your feeling change if he, if this was his particular buyer's agent, if this if was his representative, his fiduciary? Yes. No. I mean, I think I'm back to what I said before. I think that it's okay. both, it's, it got to be also on the client and the customer to find the, or the client and the realtor to find the answer together. I do not think everything should be put on the realtor because it's always, okay. there's, there's always more to it than that. Like rarely is anything black and white, rarely. Right. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, it's a strip mall. And then they're like, well, what's going in it? Does that matter? What goes in it? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. Right. There are, there are some that definitely go, you know, off the deep end as far as the questions go. Um, I think when it's, when it's a pretty, when it's something that's very pertinent to the particular transaction, um, I I feel like if if the client's asking that and, and they have a reasonable, you know, a reasonable underlying reason for asking that question. Right. I do think it's the, the agent's job, the realtor's job to make sure they have that answer, whether it's, Hey, I think you should call this person or here's a good resource. Let's see if we can figure it out. I'll make this call. You make that call. See if we can but figure it, needs it out. To be, I think you have to ask questions first. Does it, yes. what, what about this matters to you? What does right, it prevent right. you from moving forward on this? Or depending on what it is, then you'll decide if you want to move forward or not. Okay. Well that tells us where we need to go. Right. So in this, in this, in in, in this particular scenario, if the client said to you, absolutely, this makes every bit of difference in the world to me, this could affect the value of my property. This could affect what I pay per month. This could affect uh, the very nuts and bolts of, of, you know, the basic ownership of the property. Do you feel then that that's, that's kind of a situation where they they shouldn't be left without an answer? Yeah. And I, yes. So now what if they ask you, what if the client is like, do you think that will affect my resale value? It could. I mean, that would be my answer. It could, because it depends on the perceived value of the person you're going to sell it to when you go to sell it. 
Right. You may be looking at this as a purchase. And if it's, if every other comparable property is say 300,000 and this one might be 250 or 275, right. Because it backs up or is adjacent to a commercial bottling plant, mm-hmm. know that when you sell it, you're probably going to be 25 to $50,000 less than every other comparable right. then just like you are now. Like you are now. Yeah. Right. And it depends right. on the condition of what's It depends on all kinds of things. Hey, right. If you move in it. here and Right. If you move in here and you trash the house, well, that's going to be a whole nother conversation we're going to have. You know, I mean, I can't see the future either. No, I mean, I think if it's something um, like right, the condition of the the plant or who's in there, is it vacant? Is it not? Yeah. Who knows? There could be so many different things. Yeah. But that's everything, right? Like you live next to somebody and it's like your property value depends on theirs too. If you're, it sure does. It depends on what you got going on in your backyard. Wow. That was a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We th- I got, I was wrong this time. Boo. You were wrong. Boo boo. <laughs> well, Rachel, you do business in Chicago. If people um, want have a referral for you or they have a question, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is on my cell at 630-542-8688 or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rachel Real Estate. Love it. All right. And of course, we wouldn't want you to miss any of the episodes, all the bonus footage, and we'd love to hear from you on topics that are affecting your business. So be sure to like our real estate. I always want to call it realtor. Right. Busted. (sighs) Busted. (laughs) Our real estate fight club podcast, Facebook page. And if you like this episode, please do us a favor and share it with one of your colleagues. And of course, if you're interested in EXP, feel free to message me 513-400-1691. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye.